Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. How many times have we read in Scripture God's sacred word and knowing that God does judge? I tell you, it should cause all of us, and Lord, help us to walk humbly in the sight. Even though we live in a culture that's proud and arrogant and it shakes its fists against God and challenges young people to blaspheme God, let us reject that. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Our God is patient, slow to anger, and abounding in love. However, the Lord is also just and promises to repay His enemies for all the wrong that they do. In Daniel chapter 5, Daniel pronounced judgment on Babylon because of its pride and because it did not heed the wisdom of the Lord when it was given. Pastor Ed points out that when we remember that God has judged in the past and that He does indeed examine the thoughts and motives of men's hearts, it helps us walk righteously and humbly before the Lord. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, The Handwriting on the Wall. For you have proudly defiled the Lord of heaven and have made these cups from his temple brought before you. And you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising God's You have not honored the God who gives you breath of life and controls your destiny. Belshazzar, your life is in his hands. God can bring down a nation in a moment's time. Any nation. He could speak to Russia and overnight, overnight, everything can change. He could say to America, No longer, no longer will you have your freedoms. Do you remember the prophecy given by Dave Wilkerson that the walls of protection are coming down? Can't you see it? It's evident all over. In England, one of the residents, you may have heard of him, Richard Dawkins, I don't know if you know his book. In 2006, he wrote a book, sold over 2 million copies in 2000, by 2010. It was translated into 31 different languages. Uh, what was the title of the book? The God Delusion. He was an atheist. He has a website. On his website, he encourages people to blaspheme God. Now, he especially advertises to young people. He, he'll reach out on different popular sites such as uh, Friendster, Boy Scout Trail, uh, Tiger Beat, Teen Manag- Manag- Magazine, GM, Cosmo Girl, and Seventeen. Now, here's the challenge. Let me just read what it's about. Here's an excerpt from the so-called Blasphemy Challenge. Blasphemy Challenge rewards participants for demonstrating non-belief on YouTube Philadelphia. 
The Rationale Response Squad has launched a $25,000 campaign to entice young people to publicly renounce any belief in the sky god of Christianity. The called Blasphemy Challenge, this campaign encourages participants to commit what the Christian doctrine calls the only unforgivable sin, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Participants who videotape their blasphemy and upload it to YouTube will receive a free DVD of the hit documentary, The God Who Wasn't There. So far, back then, 160 kids or people had responded. What's he doing? What is our world doing? More and more, we're pushing God away. And when we do that, we're inviting chaos, confusion, and pain into our lives. Push Yahweh out of Europe. What's happening? You know, you think about what's happened just in recent times in France. Have we learned anything from 9-11? Can you see the handwriting on the wall? What's happening in our schools? What's happening in our cities? Does anybody get on and say, let's turn back to God? Let's rethink the direction? Don't you sense that there is coming judgment on our nation? Can't you feel it? That the direction we're heading in is a direction that is going to bring the judgment, the wrath of God. Now we pray for his mercy. We pray that he'll help us. And we ought to stand on the wall as watchmen. But the direction we're taking is a direction of arrogance. And there's a response in verses 5 to 6. Suddenly they saw the fingers of a human hand. All of a sudden a hand appears. Only the hand. And it's writing on the wall right above a lampstand so all could see. And, and the Bible tells us the king himself saw the hand as it wrote. And his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear. And his legs gave way beneath him. God speaks in a variety of ways. It can be a lightning bolt of conviction. It can be the words of a spouse or a friend. It could be in tragedies within a nation. It can be in all sorts of things that happen. He that has an ear, let him hear what God is saying. And and God is speaking here. Here's God's response to the arrogance. He is speaking. You have to remember that God does intervene. You see it in this chapter and you see it throughout Scripture. We must remember God's divine intervention. Stop, think, pause, remember. The message translation reads, Remember the world of wonders he has made, his miracles and his verdicts he has rendered. O seed of Abraham, his servant, O child of Jacob, his chosen, he's God, our God, in charge of the whole earth. Now God sends the queen mother. She might have been the, the wife of Nebuchadnezzar. 
Somehow she is standing in the court. She sees what's happening. There's silence. She hears the fear, the anxiety, and she comes in and she meets with Belshazzar. And in verses 10 to 12, but when the queen mother heard what was happening, she hurried to the banquet hall. She said to Belshazzar, long live the king. Uh, Don't be so pale and frightened. There's a man in your kingdom who is with him the spirit of the holy gods. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like like that of the gods. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, king of Nebuchadnezzar. Notice predecessor instead of father, because the New Living Translation, again, is capturing the intent of the biblical writer. And he says, call for Daniel. He'll tell you what the writing means. Holy Spirit, help us to be men and women whom the world will look to and say, let's call on her, let's call on him. They know God. They walk with God. They can have a word of guidance and help in these times of trial and trouble. They knew that Daniel, the Spirit of God, was in him. Does our family recognize that? Do our friends recognize that? Oh, Lord, let your spirit just be so powerfully in all of our lives. Let us be men and women filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. God is wanting us to be those shining lights like Daniel was. And so this advice, she remembers him. God can send different people into our paths. We should have those people who are godly, who know the Lord, who will not necessarily tell us just what we want to hear, but tell us what we need to hear. And so then there's Daniel. But what's this man's response? You're not always going to be received well. He had a great relationship, Daniel, with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar recognized God's hand in Daniel's life. And and Daniel loved Nebuchadnezzar. He, he, He prayed for the king. But Belshazzar has a completely different attitude. He talks down to him. Look at verses 13 and 16. You see a foolish response. You see the wise advice that was given and then the foolish response. So Daniel brought in before the king. The king asked him, Are you Daniel? One of the exiles brought from Judah. Now remember, Daniel's in his 80s now. He's been in Babylon for about 70 years. And all of a sudden, Belshazzar said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that we took prisoner, captive, uh, uh, the the land that was just plundered. Yeah, yeah, uh, we just took your cups and worshipped our gods. So with disdain and looking down, he goes on to say, By my predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, I am told that you can give interpretation and solve difficult problems. If you can, read these words. Tell me what they're meaning. And then I'll give you purple robes of honor. You will have a gold chain. Uh, You will become third highest in the kingdom. And I love Daniel's response. Keep it. (laughs) Keep it. Give it to someone else. I don't want it. But you see a foolish response when a man or a woman of God comes to speak to you. When God speaks to you through maybe some Christian literature, 
open your heart, humble yourself, and say like the prophet of old, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Is it that we have just itching ears and the only thing that we could hear is that which builds our ego and simply causes us to become more puffed up? Or can it be that we will develop a heart that trembles at his word, that fears him with a holy fear and recognizes that he is God? God, restore the fear of God in all of our lives so that we will walk with reverence before him. Here is Belshazzar. His response is absolutely foolish. He talks down in a condescending way. He forgets. He doesn't recall the judgments of God. One of the things that will help us to remember and even see the signs of the times and hear what God is saying is if we remember, we recall the sovereign judgments of God back a hundred years more, Isaiah the prophet gave this prophecy before Babylon ever took Jerusalem captive, before they ever conquered, decades before. This is what he said. And he saw in that, when you you read chapter 13, and you look at chapter 14 as well of Isaiah, you see almost this blurring of these lines, and and almost like you got a vision into the heavenly realm where Satan rebels against God and he's cast down. Those passages are, are really incredible. But out of chapter 13, I just picked a couple of verses. Isaiah received this message. Now, this is before ever Babylon comes and conquers. He sees their destruction. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and his fierce anger. Now, remember, Daniel prophesied that when the head of gold which represented Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar would would end and the Medo-Persian Empire would begin. But it says here, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger, the land will be made desolate and all sinners destroyed with it. Babylon, the most glorious of kingdoms, the flower of the Chaldean pride will be. It's going to be destroyed. What he does is this. He neglects the knowledge that he has or should have. It was not hidden when Nebuchadnezzar was disciplined and went into the fields. It was not hidden when the three Hebrew boys walked in that fiery furnace. When God did the miraculous. If you read in chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, you are his successor, O Belshazzar, and you knew all this, yet you have not humbled yourself For you have proudly defied the Lord of heaven and have had these cups from his temple brought before you. You and your nobles and your wives and concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising the gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Gods that neither see nor hear nor know anything at all. But you've not honored the God 
who gives you breath of life and controls your destiny. He's going to go back and give him a history lesson. And Daniel's going to say, Your Majesty, the Most High God gave sovereignty, majesty, glory, and honor to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. He made him so great that people of all races and nations and languages trembled before him in fear. He killed those he wanted to kill and spared those he wanted to spare. He honored those he wanted to honor and disgraced those he wanted to disgrace. But when his heart and mind were puffed up with arrogance, he was brought down from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven from human society. He was given the mind of a wild animal, and he lived among the wild donkeys. He ate grass like a cow, and he was drenched with the dew of heaven until he learned that the Most High God rules over the kingdoms of the world and appoints anyone he desires to rule over them. You are his successor, O Belshazzar, and you knew all this, yet you have not humbled yourself. How many times have we seen men and women who've gone away from God and gone their own way, and they've gone on the road that led to disaster and God dis- God's discipline? How many times we ourselves have disobeyed and experienced the discipline of God, his chastising hand. How many times have we read in Scripture God's sacred word and knowing that God does judge? I tell you, it should cause all of us, and Lord, help us to walk humbly in the sight even though we live in a culture that's proud and arrogant and it shakes its fists against God and challenges young people to blaspheme God, let us reject that and let us walk in the fear of God, even when the world will reject us because we fear his holy name. Here's one of the things that he, again, he he forgets that There is certain judgment. So God sent his hand to write the message. And he says, this is what the words means. Meaning, means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed in the balances of not measured up. Parison, you have, means divided. Your kingdom is divided, given to the Medes and the Persians. Notice the contrast. Nebuchadnezzar was proud, but he humbled himself and God brought him back in this chapter Belshazzar is proud and he stiffens his neck and he hardens his heart and he doesn't tremble at the word of God and God's judgment will fall upon him because he will die that very night they're able to get into the city they assassinate him And Darius comes in and takes over that city. This scripture is given so that you and I will have, first of all, confidence in God. He rules and he reigns. We may look at ISIS, but if God says, tomorrow you're gone, you're gone. We may look at the world powers and feel like, wow, 
our God does rule and reign. And now someday he's going to come back and he is going to judge all the earth. We get a glimpse of it in the Bible and it's a forecast of a final day of judgment when the judge of all the earth will come and will return. It should cause us to walk humble. Nick Willanda is a follower of Christ. He's American, an American, and he's probably the most watched high-wire artist in, in the world. It was in 2012, he walked across the Niagara Falls on a, on a wire, high-wire walk. And then in 2013, he went across the Grand Canyon. Listen to what he he says, because he had an interesting practice. After all the crowds leave and all the cheers die down, he walks where the crowds would have gathered. And he starts to pick up trash. This is what he said. My purpose is simple, to help clean up after myself. A huge crowd left a great deal of trash behind, and I feel compelled to pitch in. Besides, after an inordinate amount of attention I sought and received, I needed to keep myself grounded. Three hours of cleaning up debris is good for my soul. Humility does not come naturally to me. So if I have to force myself into situations that are humbling, so be it. I know that I need to get down on my hands and knees like everyone else. I do it because it's a way to keep me from tripping. As a follower of Jesus, I see him washing the feet of others. I do it because if I don't serve others, I'll be serving nothing but my own ego. Belshazzar should have humbled himself like his predecessor. He should have humbled himself like Nebuchadnezzar did years earlier. Our, good, our God rules and reigns. And I want to ask us as a church to walk humbly with God, dependent upon him, lifting up one another, walking without a judgmental spirit in our bones, walking with grace and in holiness, as a congregation, as a people, we are seeing incredible changes in our society. I look at the talking heads on television, chattering away and pontificating. I, I think of all that nobody gets up and says, if it weren't for God. Now, I'm not saying everybody is out of harmony with God, that wouldn't be true in the media. But I am saying this, let's not take up the spirit of the world. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to challenge you to do it. Would you just stand with me? All over there are warning signs of a coming judgment. You cannot, you cannot be a believer and see where our nation is going and where our world is going and say, God's just going to turn the other way and forget about it. You recognize that the hand of judgment is coming. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's series in the book of Daniel. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.